What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports. We are here together for episode number 27, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host on the West Coast, Mr. Rob. What's up, man? Hello, sir. How are you doing on this fair Tuesday evening? I am doing wonderfully. The weather is gloomy, but it is very comfortable. A nice, cool 51 degrees. Pacific Northwest, baby. That's it. Pine trees and rain. I got palm trees and rain, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, but awesome. Excellent. Good to hear. Uh, before we get the episode started, I want to give a special shout out to all of our listeners. We are now officially one year in to the Three Major Sports Podcast. Our initial episode dropped on April 21st of 2021. So today being May 3rd of 2022, it puts us at about 54 weeks into this bad boy. So thank you all for joining us for our 26, now 27 episodes. Uh, We appreciate it. Like we always say, uh, follow us on Instagram, interact with the show as much as possible. We see the numbers out there. We see that we have listeners in literally like nine different countries around the world. So welcome all. Uh, interact as much as you can. We are here to make this as enjoyable and as fun for everybody as possible. So if there's anything you ever want to hear, anything you want to talk about, or you want us to talk about, just uh, reach out to the show. We'd be more than happy to oblige. So that being said, happy anniversary, sir. We made it one full year. Fantastic. It's been a blast. It has. It has. And so in commemoration of that, I guess today the most fitting topic would be probably the one that we spoke of the most throughout this one year so far, and that is NBA basketball. So we are now into uh, the second round of the playoffs. Everybody has completed game one, and the Bucks and Celtics completed game two of their series a little while ago, and we are at halftime of the Warriors-Grizzlies game two. But before we get into round two, Let's do a quick recap, uh, or maybe not so quick recap of round one and talk about some of the things that may have stood out to us that we noticed were interesting because there was was a lot of stuff in that first round that uh, maybe didn't go exactly as some people had planned. So let's get that cracking. You want to start East Coast or West Coast? Uh, Let's go East. Let's start with the East. So. Uh, let's see. Where do we start? In what was one of the least surprising ones, uh, Milwaukee dispatched of Chicago in five games, four games to one, despite missing or losing Chris Middleton to an MCL sprain. Uh, the Bulls were without Zach Levine for a few games as he fell into health and safety protocols. Uh, the Bucks looked... I mean, Giannis looked every little bit of Giannis that he was and has been and the two-time MVP that he is. So that series went basically as planned. The biggest concern coming out of it is the health of Chris Middleton moving forward in, in these playoffs. The Bucks can still probably win some games without him. I don't. Can they get past Boston without him? That is still uh, to be seen. But what do you think? What do you think about that first-round series with the Milwaukee and Chicago. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll have a theme with all these because none of the none of the lower seeded teams won 
uh, any of the series. So things have sort of gone according to plan. You know, they may not have gotten there uh, in the same path we thought they would, but things have sort mm-hmm. of gone according to plan so far. Um, as far as Milwaukee and Chicago, I'm, I'm sort of with you. That's about how I expected it to go. Um, the Bucks and, and really any reigning champion of the last 10 years have sort of spent the year after winning the title sort of being on cruise control um, and waiting for the playoffs. And just after going through that battle, they sort of learned to, to save their energy. So I was interested to see how the Bucks would come out. And, and they pretty much – they had that one game where DeRozan went nuts. I think it was game two. Yep, um, they 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 kept they were for some reason they were in a close mat in a close battle game one, but pulled it out, and then DeRozan went nuts and and the Bulls actually pulled out that game two in Milwaukee, but then it was all Milwaukee from then on. Yeah, yeah, they 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 crushed him after that, and and like you said, Giannis looked like himself. Um, I mean, he was good all all series, but he was he was on another level uh, the rest of it, three, yep. four, and five. Um, and they're just hard to beat when they're defending at a high level. And Giannis is that, uh, you know, superstars have like levels and it's like mm-hmm. 30 and 10 Giannis is one thing. And then you have 50 and 15 Giannis. That's a whole different thing. He was, he was B the rest of that series. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and he, it, was, it'll... And he was B in, in that first game against Boston too. Oh uh, Yeah. We'll get into that now, especially I assume you saw the results of tonight's game as well. So we'll talk about that. But, yeah, like you said, when when superstars and in particular one of his particular not only skill set but just physical ability and size, when they get going and when he gets going, it is uh, it's pretty fucking terrifying. And, yeah, he is he's on a roll right now. So. Let's see that. Yeah, like you said, that series was basically what we expected. Great season from Chicago. Let me see. I, I was on that Chicago bandwagon from the beginning. I, I always thought that despite the probability of them not playing great defense, that they would have a pretty good season. They were at the top of the East for a while. They they tailed off at the end and ended up as the it was injuries, team. man. Yeah, yeah. It was injuries, and it was and it was several different COVID stints by people on the team. Yeah, uh, from from Vooch to to Levine now in the playoffs and everything. Basically, everyone but DeRozan. I mean, everybody but, but DeRozan, DeRozan missed time because Lonzo Lonzo missed some too. So, uh, it's a good building block for Chicago moving forward. Again, the way that the East is constructed right now, they could probably be a top four team again, or well, not again, but they can finish in the top four, which is where they hung out most of the year this year, if everything breaks right and they stay healthy and. Or they can be another six seed and, and still um, end up making a little bit of noise in the playoffs. It's weird that we say it, and it's weird not only that we say that, it actually happened that for the first time in a while, all eight top seeds across the league advanced. But I do feel like this first round was one of the more competitive first rounds that we can remember, even though we're talking about a 4-1 series. Like, the Chicago team, had they been healthy, would have been a much more like a, a much more potent fight for Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm not saying Milwaukee yeah. doesn't take it still, but it may take an extra game, even you know who knows seven. Um, right. Well, so if Milwaukee's that's... healthy, they're not the six seed. Or, I'm sorry, if Chicago's healthy, they're not the six seed anyway. That's true. That's true. They're probably not the six seed. They're they're probably up in in Philly spot at four, more or less. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could um, I could see that for sure. So good things happening for Chicago. 
they've got those four major contributors under contract still next year. So Lonzo, uh, Levine, Vooch, and DeRozan. So there's no reason that they can't gear up to run it back. Caruso will be back. Uh, who else? Pat Williams. Pat Williams. Uh, and, and that rookie kid they had from Illinois. I can't really – I can't pronounce his name, but the, the IU Demansu or whatever his name is. Sure. We can bring him <laughs> back too. Well, yeah, he was a second-round pick, so he's probably got like a four-year deal or something. Oh, yeah. Four-year minimal money, baby. You're not going nowhere. That's it. Um, awesome. All right, so we had Milwaukee advance from there. That was the 3-6 matchup in the East. Let's shift to the 4-5 matchup, which was uh, much more interesting. And so we had Philly at four, Toronto at five. This went 3-0 Philly right away. Um, and it did not look good for Toronto. It looked like they were going to get embarrassed and swept right out of the postseason, which was not something that I would have expected out of that Nick Nurse team. They're not hugely talented like they were on their championship team, obviously, but they're defensively sound. They have enough scoring on a good night between Van Vliet and Siakam for the most part. Um, they went down 3-0 and then they didn't stop fighting. They, they, they won two games back-to-back, one in Philly, or excuse me, one in Toronto first and then one in Philly uh, before finally succumbing to the 76ers in game six and even then, that at halftime, that was a one-point game. Philly ran away in the second half of that last game. But Toronto was in it even up until halftime. So, big story about that is the win for Philly cost Joel Embiid a fractured orbital bone and a well, and concussion. I was going to say, and, I mean, part of, why Toronto, yeah, part of why Toronto got back into it in game four is he, he – tore his ligament in his thumb and right. trying to figure out how and I think he still had 33 and 10 which you know mm-hmm. you know my affinity for Joel Embiid I love that guy I, I love everything he stands for just love him and and the more dominant he's become you see as much as you know being on another team and especially your team has been a, a high-end competitor for the last couple of years so you've had to go up against Philadelphia a couple of times um, so I understand not you know, enjoying watching him play, but the dude just wants to win so bad that he's got a torn ligament on his thumb that kept, I think it's the same injury that kept Bam out for six weeks. And he had 33 and 10 on the, on that thumb. And then now he's trying to come back in game three or four with a fractured face and a concussion. And I've had a cracked orbital bone before and like my sinus behind my eye filled up with blood and you can't see for like two or three days. That is a hell of an injury. And the fact that, Five six days later, he's coming back. I mean, he didn't even miss any time I mean, in the game until no. it, it got out of hand. Correct, and 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 the assumption is that he could be ready for Game Three. I'm, I don't think he's going to play Game Three. I think the early. I would be surprised, and and obviously we'll get to this when we get to the West. But the, a couple of these injuries that like normally would cost these guys some time. Like I can't believe Booker came back as fast as he did. Dude, friggin' hamstring injury. And, like, looks normal. And so, did it silently. Like, usually we make a big deal about shit like this, and all of a sudden I turned on game six, and he was on the court. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, right. that was absurd. <laughs> that was ridiculous. And he, he had an hamstring, a hamstring injury earlier this year and missed three weeks. He missed two yeah. games. Yeah. 
So, and, and, you know, again, we'll get into that series later on, but um, there's just some weird stuff happening this year. Like, I know people want to put on the NBA that defense and, and, you know, they're all a bunch of showboaters and whatever. I mean, anybody who has anything negative to say about the NBA, that's the type of stuff they say. But, mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, they really they want to win. I mean, a good portion of them. You know, you have your Harden sprinkled in there where, you know, He'll 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 go out after the loss last night and hang out with rappers in a club in Miami and look like a fool. But a lot of did these... here is that hypothetical? No, that's hypothetical. But he did that oh. when when they lost by uh, by like thirty against somebody. As soon as he got to Philly, they lost by like thirty, uh, I think, to the Nets. And then that night, he was at a club in New York with like little baby, you know, mm. chopping it up at someone's birthday party. Like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. James Harden and South Beach. That's a bad combination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Sixers, they get past Toronto, and their prize is, like you said, a trip down to South Beach. So we're, we're going to break into that soon enough. Um, orbital bone fracture. That is the biggest thing. We I assume that when we do see him again, he will be donning the LeBron-esque Phantom of the Opera black mask on 100%. his face. 100%. Try to protect that as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that he wouldn't be wearing some sort of, and I'm sure he will, but some sort of supportive wrapping on that, ri- on that wrist slash thumb area to keep that as stable as possible. But, I mean, short of him literally becoming Superman, there's... There's very little that he's that, that Philly can expect to happen in this series if uh, James Harden plays the way he played last night and looks the way he looks last night. Uh, you you would need <clears throat> extraterrestrial activities from Embiid and probably Maxi at this point to overcome James Harden being outplayed by 21 year old Tyler Hero. Well, we'll we'll, so, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're still in the first round. Absolutely, we are still in the first round. <laughs> so Philly did win their first round series. They they do have a a series win under their belt, which is a lot more that James Harden can say for himself than his former teammates. So let's jump. Actually, let's leave that one last because again, that was just yeah. We'll get that, through that, that real quick. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. So Atlanta, Miami. The one eight matchup, and I'll be honest, as a Heat fan, I um, our tagline in life is Heat and five, but this should have been Heat and four. We should not have lost a game to Atlanta to the ninth seed, ninth seed Hawks that got into the eight seed via the play-in tournament. Uh, granted, the one game we did lose was a one point loss on the road in Atlanta uh, versus a team who plays very very well at home compared to how they play on the road. So, silver lining in that, but probably shouldn't have lost that game. Um, But the Heat did what the Heat do. We absolutely shut down and stifled Trey Young the entire series. Trey Young had more turnovers than made baskets for the series, which when we're talking about, I believe he was the fourth or fifth leading scorer in the league this year. Like, that's... That is something to say. There are there were some highlights going around. I mean, highlights for us, really lowlights for for good old Trey here. But he was bringing the ball up the court and got met at half court by P.J. Tucker. 
who he then tried to break, got a pick, switched, got a, got the defenders to switch, and then Bam ends up on him, gets another pick, defense switches again, and then you got Jimmy on him. He ended up turning the ball over after like 18 seconds of just trying to figure out what the fuck he's going to do with his life, which was just awesome, awesome, awesome to watch. Um, Duncan Robinson did his thing in game one, set a franchise record for most three-pointers in a playoff game with eight, went eight of nine from the field, 27 points. Tyler had a very quiet series. Uh, I was hoping that offensively he would explode and really be the 20-plus point off the bench guy we've had all year. He had a couple of decent games, but not overall as a series. It was subpar to what I would have liked to see. But we got the job done. Jimmy did his thing. He still sat, he sat out the last game of the series. Uh, we lost Kyle Lowry to a fucking hamstring injury that is, has cost him games four and five of that series and so far one and two of the second round series. So that is to be determined on how impactful it will be for the Heat. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot win a close game if we don't have Kyle Lowry in the lineup. We can beat people, but we got to blow them out. When we, are, when we catch ourselves in tight situations and close games without Lowry on the floor, uh, I don't know if it's lack of experience from the ball handlers at that time, which, I mean, it's Gabe Vincent, it's, it's some of Tyler, but it's also Jimmy and Bam. I don't know if it's that or just not having a dedicated floor general at that point who is not concerned about scoring and is literally only concerned on running the offense and facilitating the ball. I, I don't know what it is, but without Kyle out there, we look like a like a lost half-court team. And that's a little concerning, especially now that we're going on four games missed because of this hamstring. And we all know how fucking touchy-feely hamstrings can be and really cost yeah. some time. Well, so, he's uh, not. He's he's in his late thirties. He's not mid twenties like Devin Booker is. Correct. So, what do you what do you think about the good old Hawks and my boys? Uh, I mean, I think that the series went fairly close to what you would have thought. Yeah. Um. I the Hawks, you know, they're a great offense, but they really don't have a secondary option if John Collins is not. Uh, you know, they, they, they were able to put up a fight against the Sixers last year because John Collins played like an all-star. Um, that was not the John Collins that played in this series. Now, granted, he had just come back from injury, so I'm not, like, super surprised. But they, for them to be formidable, they need to have him basically be a number two option. Um, and, and, again, he was not that. Whether it was injury or, or bam or what, that's just not what they got. So when, when you can just concentrate on Trey – and you have all these perimeter defenders that you guys have. I mean, again, result, fairly predictable. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, there, There is a little bit of a fear. Just And, you know, I, I like to rib you guys a lot uh, about the Heat. But honestly, the, the only fear I have with them is half-court offense, even with Lowry. Um, they do have trouble scoring. Just, you know, if, if Tyler Hero isn't on the, on the court, they have some trouble, and if he is on the court, then they have trouble stopping people. So it's a weird back and forth between, uh, you know, your better offensive players and your your better defensive players. Mm. Um, Jimmy's obviously their best two-way player, uh, Bam being a close second. But Jimmy's had, you know, like you said, Jimmy's had some games that he's missed. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if his knee issue is a lagging or a nagging injury. 
that's been going on for a while or if that's something new i'm not sure uh yeah i don't i don't know if the, i know it's it's gotten to a point recently where obviously it has cost him time and it's been described as swelling which makes it makes me think that this is something that might have just um kind of popped up in this series and maybe not necessarily something that had been too much of a concern. He played last night. Uh, didn't look great. He couldn't make a shot. He was like five was for say, from the field. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think it was five for nineteen. Oh wow. Okay. So he didn't look, and he didn't have like that kind of like explosion that he does. Like when he hits the rim from like ten feet out, you can see it's like two quick steps and like a big jump and. He didn't have that power coming out of his leg, so it's obviously still bothering him. But he was able to serve his purpose. He was able to be a decoy when he needed to. Uh, I mean, it wasn't often, but uh, he was out there handling the ball and getting the uh, defensive attention that we needed to be on him and away from everybody else. He facilitated a little bit. He still had, like, I think three or four assists. Nothing crazy, but... Again, enough to to keep the ball moving and get the other guys involved. Uh, so we'll see how this goes for Jimmy. I think he's obviously much more vital than Cal Lowry is, uh, as important as Cal Lowry is to us. Jimmy Butler is is Jimmy Butler. He's the engine along with Bam that makes this machine go. So we need to absolutely have him out on the court, uh, preferably yeah, every game this series. But it's it's Jimmy. It's because Jimmy's. Yeah, Jimmy's the closest to your Giannis or your Embiid. Like, as you get into the the new age NBA, like you you almost, especially deeper into the playoffs, you have to have the best player on the court. Like you just have to. And they were able to get to the finals and hang with the Lakers because he matched LeBron fairly well. Yeah. Uh, and yes. and even in the East, he he matched Giannis. He matched everyone he went up against. He he was at least equal to. Uh, and was not a negative. Um, we'll we'll get into this when we when we talk about the next series. But the the reason why a lot of people are picking the Heat is because odds are they would have two of the top three best players in the in the series. Yes. And and you know I still think that Butler and Bam will both outperform Harden. Uh, I I think Embiid is the best player in the series. Uh, and the more he misses, obviously, I mean, if he misses the first three games, I think you can just wrap it up. Um, the right. only way Philly even has a chance is if he's back in game three. And even when he's and even when he's back, it's like, sure, let's say let's and I'm fine considering him being the best player in the series. But he's in a particular situation where one of the other top three players in the series is a better defensive player than offensive player. And it's the guy who's going to guard you. So it's like, man, like, yeah, you're the best player on here, but you are in the situation where you are least likely to just overwhelmingly dominate your opposition. Yeah, well, and I, of, I, of I think that the, the most interesting part of the series, if everyone was healthy, was the, the, the Harden and Bede pick and roll in the first round was just completely devastating. Just complete. I, I was listening to, to a podcast today, and I don't even know where to find these stats. But they were saying that every pick and roll that was run by Harden and Embiid in the Toronto series generated 1.4 points per possession. So, just to, to put that mildly, all you have to do is run it and you score. A basket are you sure? Every time. Are you sure that that was theirs? Yes. 
because yes. that's that that's exactly what the Tyler and Bam pick and roll. Uh, they got 1.4 points off of every possession that Bam had a screen for Tyler on, and it was 1.2 per when one of those two were the ones that actually took the shot, which is – they're both incredible stats. Yeah, I was going to um, say, you so listened that's to the what, post today too, so good for you. I did, I did. I got, I, and I did listen to all of it. I listened to – and that stat, yeah. when I heard it, I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, that's incredibly efficient. That's the best offense in the history of the NBA. I mean, that's what that's what you're running. So I guess my my point is is these the offensive downside, even the offensive downside for Harden, almost goes away when you have to worry about the seven foot two dude that's next to him that you're setting the pick for. Now Miami's mm-hmm. Miami's prepared or as prepared as any other team besides for maybe Milwaukee to switch that and still be fine. Right. I mean, if you got to switch Bam onto a guard. He can defend Harden, clearly. Correct. He can defend Maxi, for God's sake. Yep. So, absolutely. like, X and O-wise, um, you guys are very well prepared for that. But I, I wouldn't just assume it's a slam dunk if, no. if Embiid no, no, no. comes back as Embiid. If he comes back as just some injured dude that's going to average 19 on, on, you know, 17 shots, it's done. It's over. Right, right. Um, but if he's himself, even with the mask, then I, I, I really do think it's a series. So let's see. Yeah, we'll let's just see. have to see. I know we got into that the second round a little yeah. earlier than we wanted to, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch back on it. We can do what we want. It's whatever. It's our part. Absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. Heat move on 4 1. Toronto, I mean, excuse me, Philadelphia moved on 4 2. Last series in the East, the two seeded Boston Celtics against the play in tournament victors, the Brooklyn Nets sitting in the seventh seed. And it is with great pleasure that we say that the Brooklyn Nets were the only team not to win a playoff game so far this year. Yeah. Um, and it will obviously remain that way because I guess if all the other teams won, there's no more so far. Every yeah, other team true. won at least a playoff game yep. except for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, yep. they came extremely close to winning that game one. And yep. <laughs> I, I I watched that live on Easter and that last play where the ball bounced around to from Smart to Horford to then Tatum who with the spin move around Kyrie and with the layup to at the buzzer to win the game. Did you know that was the first ever buzzer beater in the playoffs in uh, on the floor at the well I guess now it's TD TD Garden before the Boston Garden like they had never had a buzzer win a, a buzzer beating winning shot. In uh, for the Celtics on their home floor in the playoffs, in their entire wow. like storied fucking everything that they have, seventeen championships and all this other nonsense, and they never hit a goddamn buzzer beater to win the game at home. That's uh, crazy, which is kind of insane. But Jalen, T- sorry, uh, Jason Tatum did that for them. That was, I believe, the closest that Brooklyn came to winning a game after that. Uh, yeah, none of them were blowouts. One. No, but. But none of them were really in question either. It was kind of like a steady 8 to 12 point difference in most of these games. Um, and this is not one that we can blame on injuries. No. Kyrie Kyrie is the most rested player in the NBA. Yep. Played every game. Yep. Uh, KD has been back. Did not have anything, quote unquote, nagging him or slowing him down. Uh, there's nobody else on that team worth mentioning. Which nope. is part of their problem. Uh, yeah, because their yeah, third best player is a clown. 
I don't even know who you want to consider their third best player. Yes, you do. Who's your third best player? Uh, oh, I mean, is it Ben Simmons? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but is it though? Is he a player? Dude didn't play basketball this year. I don't <laughs> That's know. what I'm saying. He's a clown. He came dressed <laughs> as an actual clown to one of their last games. <laughs> the yellow sunglass look was uh, that. Was, Forget you, man. <laughs> Forget you. I'm afraid my mental my mental fragileness is gonna trigger my back injury. Forget you, man. God, the fact that he is trying to merge these things together into one incredible just situation. Yeah. Um, I would, that, bro, you, that, what he's doing is the most comparable thing in professional sports to intermittent FMLA. Just, oh, 100%. You know what? I got this running for six months, decides to flare up tomorrow. Guess what? It's flaring up tomorrow and you ain't doing yeah. shit about it. Right, and, and I'm like, just not going to oh show up for two months. God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So for for those a little bit more context for any of those listeners who are not fully engaged in the Ben Simmons saga, obviously, dating back to the playoffs last year, uh, his inability to even take a shot at the end of that Atlanta Philadelphia series that did cost them the series. Uh, since then, he has obviously retracted into his shell. He did not go play in the Olympics for Australia as what originally was the plan. He did not report to Sixers training camp citing mental health issues, which then he did. 2022, right? Right. And in 2022, we have reached a point in society where that is at least not something that we are going to laugh about. Mental health is a serious issue. So, okay, you're telling us you have mental health issues. We saw you melt in front of everybody. In, in the profession that you have chosen and that you're obviously very good at. We saw right. you melt. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy this for now. The mental health issues continued because he had not been traded from Philadelphia. At that point, the relationship was fractured and bead and bead wants nothing to do with him. Cause like you said, and bead just wants to fucking win. And this guy's not about that. No. Uh, Doc rivers flat out said he didn't know if he can be a championship point guard. Um, so he was never going back to Philly. Finally gets his way, gets traded. Um, and then the back spasms start. It's, it's right now we've we have switched from mental health to back spasms. He still right. sits out the rest of the season for Brooklyn, and then now during the playoffs, after expecting him to come back for Game Four and make his season debut in what would have been the season finale, he uh, not expecting, not expecting. Him and his agent told him he'll be back for Game Four. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, more likely than not. Yeah, and and then he still doesn't play in Game Four, and reports come out that his mental health struggles are what's triggering his back spasms. And we have come full circle in how to rob an NBA team in broad daylight, written by Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good for Philly in holding out his pay for the time that he was with Philadelphia. I mean, Brooklyn had to take it because, you know, they need this guy to buy in, uh, which clearly hasn't worked yet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's just so much promise. And the guy is just so full of himself that he just he, – he doesn't have any interest in doing anything that isn't what he thinks is in the best interest of Ben Simmons. And that's – I don't know. I don't know if it's full of himself. I – Oh, it is. I really do think he's just scared. Like, I think he's so afraid of failure again. 
You and, don't wear that outfit embarrassment... with yellow sunglasses when you're on the bench because you don't want to stick out. Man, it's not even about sticking out. Like it is. I don't know, man. The the abuse that he took on for for his on the court action, and and not him. The abuse from from sports society that any of these dudes take after a shit performance, especially a shit performance in a big spot, has to be difficult to deal with. So, sure. like I get that. I, I so again, I don't think it's him being full of himself. I think it's just utter fear and panic of being caught in that situation again and failing again and having to relive that entire cycle of people just shitting on you. Not not just Twitter, but like get up and Stephen A and everybody would shit on him again. I, I don't know. I feel like he just and again, may, maybe something that you said not not full of himself, but definitely in the best interest of Ben Simmons would be not not to go out there and put yourself out there and possibly make a fool of yourself. Especially, I mean, to that was a no-win situation if he walks into game four. Down 3-0 against that team, the way that Well, I don't know playing. why they were even talking about that in the first place. I mean, I don't know if, if you put some of that blame on the Nets, but I don't, I don't, why are you bringing a guy back that's held himself out an entire season? Why are you bringing him back for an elimination game? It, a, a game, right. as far as I know, that no NBA team has ever come back in a series from. So, like, what's the point of doing it then? Like, I, I, I agree. I don't understand. It didn't make sense. It was a no-win situation for him. And, yeah. And – and it should have never even been, like you said, it should have never been spoken of uh, because it just didn't make any sense. That right. Is... I mean, if you weren't going to come back for game one, then what what good are you down 3-0 in game four? Like, I don't. Right. Exactly. I don't know. No, what, exactly. Exactly. That would have helped. So, well, and and we are guilty of doing exactly what I shit on the national media for doing. <laughs> the Nets did not win a game and we just spent 10 minutes talking about them. Um, yeah. They're just so I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, I mean, when you have a top 10 player of all time, people are going to talk about you. I mean, we're we're not going to spend much time on the Lakers, but we spent a lot of time this year talking about the Lakers for a team that had a record similar to the Sacramento Kings. Like yeah. it just it happens when you're when you have guys of that stature. Um it's just it, it's a colossal failure of that roster in general that that you've gotten to the point that you can't even win a game. Not not a series, a game. A like, game that's where you in are. a series. Yeah. yeah. Last thing on the Nets before we switch switch topics, and I'm just curious to see your take on this. Um, will Steve Nash be the head coach at the beginning of next season? I think he should be. Um, should I think, be. I think the only reason that he shouldn't be is if Kevin Durant says he shouldn't, and Durant already said he wants Nash back. Well, Durant's the reason that Nash is there. So I, I think that he's going to keep the job. I absolutely don't think he should. I think people in this league have been fired for less, especially when provided with a top 10 player of all time and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And at a point, James Harden together, too. Uh, people get fired for doing less all the time. But, and but I just feel Kyrie, like played, Kyrie played, what, 25 games? Okay, fine. Regardless. Durant played 55 games. And and Harden played all the games that he was there because Harden didn't miss any time when he was under on, on Brooklyn. That's Yeah. Okay. So he played 55 okay. games. Okay, so then that's more than – you don't think that that's enough to not be a play-in team? Harden and KD alone in the East should keep you above the sixth spot. 
if you have any I mean, idea of what you're doing. I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think that they've been a great example of nowadays the big three model is a very scary way to build your team. That well, the, the big it depends two, on your leadership more than the big three. Uh, yes and no. I think the biggest problem that they had was they just have no depth. They, the, what made the Nets desirable to those two guys in the first place was their incredible depth. I mean, they were an eight seed with all these throwaways that they turned into players. And then they've just made goofy decisions since then and given away all their depth where now, I mean, once they traded for Simmons, who was their fourth best player? I mean, I guess Seth Curry. That that's your fourth best player, maybe Andre Drummond. I mean, okay. Drummond was a buyout candidate last year. Do you think that Seth Curry is better or worse than twenty ten through twenty fourteen Mike Miller? Because I kind of think he's a better player than Mike Miller was. Mike Miller was a better shooter, but Seth is all around a better offensive and defensive player. I mean, well, wasn't wasn't Mike Miller in his mid to late thirties during that time period? I mean, he played two thousand fourteen fifteen with the Cavs, and I think that's he what I'm saying. Here after that, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if your if your fourth best player is the caliber of Seth Curry, the Heat won two championships with their fourth best player being but, essentially Mike Miller. No, I understand. I understand. But look at all the teams ahead of Brooklyn. Most of them have a big two with depth. Like, that's what they've built. Like, you guys don't have – I mean, it's it's Bam and Jimmy and then a ton of depth. The same thing with Philly. Philly has Embiid and Harden and a ton of depth. Uh, who's who's the two? Boston, Tatum and Brown – or, yeah, Tatum and Brown. And then a bunch of depth. I mean, Marcus Smart couldn't be the second or third best player on a championship team, but he's a hell of a, of a fourth or fifth guy. Same with Al Horford. I mean, that's – that's just that's the 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 blueprint now. Even even the Bucks, you could say that Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday are your third star, but like, really, like one or two time All Stars are your are your third star, I guess. But second, you have all that depth. Second, <laughs> right, right. You have all that depth, and even I the guess. Bucks had to trade everything to get Holiday, so they have to stay good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they gave up through what three first, right? I think it was three or four first and pick swaps in every year they didn't give up a first. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So um that's all. Even look look at the Suns, Booker and Paul, and then depth. Yeah. I mean I get I get what you're saying in terms of I guess what the league looks like now. I'm just yeah. had the Heatles gotten swept out of a series in the first round, the world would have imploded around them. Oh, I agree. So, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just, I'm just trying to say in today's NBA, the way they built their team didn't make sense. It, it just, it doesn't make sense anymore. It's not. I mean, it's they basically gave right. away. Right. They basically gave away Jared Allen. They did like, give away Jared Allen, and they gave away Carius <laughs> Levert too. Well, he was in the Harden trade; like that made sense. That was the young player they traded away. But Allen they just was used in the Jared the Levert Harden to trade. Get I know, but they just used him to get the extra first round pick. 
I mean, they traded they traded Jared Allen for the like the twenty eighth pick. It was the Bucks' first round pick that we had gotten for Kyle Korver. Like, oh. it was a trash pick. It was that basically trash, second I mean, round. That's a trash move. That's yeah, yeah. And then a year later, literally, he's an all star, and like a yeah. legit all star, not just an all star because the game was in Cleveland. Like he's a legit all star, like no, yeah, top yeah, yeah. five defender. Yeah, it was uh, a string of bad moves on Brooklyn's part. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it comes. So I guess that's a really long way of saying, like, it's as much on Sean Marks as it is on Steve Nash. Because I don't know what the hell you do when you're, you're – I mean, <laughs> look at the dudes they run out for their front court. Like, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, and Nick Claxton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are you, you doing with that? You got, a, you got an average age of like 35 on that front line. <laughs> right. I mean, Aldridge almost died last year. Then he came back yeah. this year. He didn't have a bad season, but he couldn't even no, get yeah. off the bench in the first all, all round. All things considered, you right. know, facing death, yes. Right. I, I just uh, – I, I mean, they just had nowhere to go, man. They just had nowhere to go. Yeah, and and the, the only – the only way they were going to be any good, let me just throw this in there before we move on. The only way they were going to be any good is if they got Simmons back with like 15, 20 games left and worked him into the rotation. That was the only way they were going to do anything in the playoffs. Now I'm done. I'm yeah. Good. No, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious to see as to what, if any sort of moves they can make in the off season to try to, to improve the team or what they can do. But, uh, let's see, man. I mean, they are in what is now the more competitive of the two conferences. And despite having a top 10 all-time player, like they're just, they don't look like they're in good shape going forward. So let me, let me so, ask you one more question. Cause I'm interested in what you think. Are there two more untradeable players than Kyrie and Ben Simmons in the NBA? Not, not anymore. I mean, well, yes. Russ, maybe Russ. Okay, so two yeses, Russ and James Arden. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's it. And because, again, if Harden looks – Harden's cooked. It, the question is, like, to what like to what degree are you cooked? Because if everything that he's going to do going forward in high-level situations is going to look like what he did last night, that's, that's untradeable. And for and again, like like they were talking about the low on 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 Lowe's podcast today. Forget a max extension coming up. This dude thinks he's gonna get five and five years and fifty million a year. And I'm dying to meet the GM who's signing his own you know death warrant for that. So I don't. Yeah, yeah. He's a. I mean, there's only Russ there's only one team that can give him that. Oh, and John Wall. You can't you can't you can't, can't forget about John Wall. Yeah. I just I don't know, man. Those are those are some pretty toxic contracts. And Kyrie's talking about how he wants to run the team and and you know I'll, I'll sign there cuz of Kevin. It's like, dude, you you played 25 games this year. Like Yeah, yeah. And they can't about count me, on you me, at Kevin all. Kevin and Sean Marks are going to run the team and it's like, dude. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely not going to run this team. You're barely <laughs> playing on this team. Like Right. What? Right. We can't trust you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not gonna happen. So on the flip side of this, Boston, Boston looks like a fucking juggernaut. They are, uh, I mean, they rolled through 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 Brooklyn in the first round, um, yeah. and everything was working for them. Tatum 
is looking like the star that we anticipate him to develop into. Jalen Brown had a great first round, and being that number two, uh, Marcus Bart with his completely irrational defensive player of the year win was <laughs> out there trying to do his thing too. Uh, Horford, Derek White, uh, Daniel Tice, who I can't stand, but does his – I mean, he plays his role. Um, Robert Williams is way more important than Daniel Robert Tice. Williams – well, yeah, but Robert Williams wasn't there the first two games of the series, so uh, right. I give him that. He he had to he had to hold it down for halfway. Um, no, Rob Williams is, is that kid's phenomenal too. So Boston is scary. I am hoping that by the time we see them, if we see them, it's after a seven game slugfest with Giannis and and the Bucks, and uh, it seems like we're on our way there. So might as well just jump into round two real quick. We basically talked Heat Sixers already round two, so we don't need to revisit that. Uh, Round two of the other series in the East is, again, Boston and Milwaukee. Game two was tonight, and Milwaukee manhandled Boston for the most part in game one, and Boston returned the favor, and I think they were up by like 15 all night tonight on Milwaukee. Milwaukee didn't stand a chance uh, in anything that they were trying to do. Boston... Every time I looked at the TV, Boston had a basket going in. They, they, I didn't see them miss anything. Um, so this series, I mean, and this, that means nothing tonight, right? Because we saw them get the same thing happen to them Monday or whenever game one was uh, Sunday. Sunday, we saw them, we saw Milwaukee do the same thing to them. So nothing really to uh, – to just come to any conclusions on other than the fact that the series is probably going to go seven and it is going to be extremely intense, extremely physical. And I am really looking forward to what the rest of it looks like. I am willing to do predictions on round two since we are doing this. So uh, heat and five and <laughs> I will take, um, I will take Boston and seven. Okay. All right. Uh, now repeat so after me. Heat and five. <laughs> no, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing. I'll do. I'll do heat and six. I'll do heat and six. Just because I don't know uh, what I'm you're giving is them look the like. Joel game. Yes, you're giving them the Joel game. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I have a lot of trust in Joel. Um, because that God, that guy's just a monster. He really is. He's I, so I'm good. The the Celtics and Bucks, I, I have a hard time picking against Giannis, uh, and and just because I'm looking at the stats right now, yes, Boston kicked their ass tonight. Yes, they were up. Um, I'm just looking at it right now. At halftime, they were up by 25. Um, a big, big, big part of that was Milwaukee shot three of 18 from three. Mm. Boston shot 20 of 43. So they made 17 more three pointers uh, than the Bucks. That oh, is not going to happen. Yeah, that, that absolutely. That's why it was such a, a blowout. Uh, that's right. not going to happen every game. I mean, Milwaukee wants no, you to take. It doesn't a bunch mean of it won't threes. happen again, though. No, no, it doesn't. But Milwaukee's not going to shoot sixteen percent from three. Not every game, no, no. no, no. And Boston's not going to shoot forty-six percent from three. Like that's just they'll they'll come down to more what their averages are. Now Milwaukee's defense wants you to take a ton of threes. But you're right. going to have the games where they're just making a ton and you just get an avalanche and there's no way to come back. Right. Um, so that was, that was my uh, takeaway. Giannis did not have a great game. He was only 11 of 27. 
Um, Tatum played well. Obviously, Brown played really well. Brown had, what, 19 in the first quarter, uh, finished with 30 points. Uh, him and Tatum combined for 59. So sometimes you're just going to get that. Now, what I will say is uh, Milwaukee needed to get one. They needed to steal home court, and they did that. Uh, mm-hmm. So game three will be extremely pivotal. If, if Milwaukee can get game three, then it really puts Boston behind the eight ball. And for the first time in about two months, because I've been sending you guys this, uh, really to mess with you about the heat, but just to sort of show how up uh, the, the analytics are on the Celtics, for the first time in two months, the Celtics are not favored to win the title, which is kind of mm. crazy. Uh, now it's the Suns by like a significant like 10% chance better than the Celtics. That's crazy. So, after one loss. After one loss. Yep. Yep. And that actually included tonight's win because that updates pretty instantly. Incredible. Yeah. Yep. They have the Suns at a 35% chance of winning the finals and the Celtics at a 24% chance. Because I don't and think the Bucks... of this team, like I don't think of that team any differently than I did a week ago. Which one? The, the, the Suns the or the Celtics? No, the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure what swung it. If it was more nothing the Celtics did and something more that the Suns did, which we'll, we'll go into the West here in a second. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the first time in a couple months that, that the Celtics have not been the favorite. Interesting. So, well, let's see how that series plays out. So, what's your Ooh, Yeah, let me let me throw that out there. Uh, Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. So, we're both in agreement that this, will, this, this series is probably going to go the distance. Yeah. So let's see. So that would mean that would mean. Yeah, that would mean Milwaukee having to win a game in Boston again, and uh, I, I mean, at that case, in that case, seven, then game seven. So that would be interesting. That would be something fun to watch. Let's see. Uh, let's see if Giannis and company can do it. The X factor, I think, here is what, if anything, they get out of Chris Middleton to help Giannis try to get through this. I mean, they they've shown that they won a game without him, so it is doable. I don't know if you can win a series without him, but Giannis is good for probably another win on his own before we really need to to offer him some sort of assistance. Um, yeah, yeah. But he'll see. have that Superman game in him. He'll have a oh yeah and seventeen game. Oh, it's coming uh, and it's coming. Yeah, probably in three or four with with the home crown behind them. Hundred percent. So let's see. Hundred percent. All right. So that covers the East um, in what only took us forty eight minutes. <laughs> um, we're going to do the West a little bit faster, but the West was a little bit easier. Uh, well, actually, the West was very, very intriguing. So let's start from the middle of the bracket and work our way out because the higher seeds had the more interesting series. So we'll start with 4-5. Uh, playoff Luca, who missed oh. two games, and the Utah Jazz, who everybody get your scrapbooks. Print out whatever you want to print out, laminate it. This is the last time that we will see this embodiment of the Utah Jazz, the best regular season, worst postseason team in the history of the NBA, um, <laughs> who again lost in this was six games, right? 4-2? Yep. yep. 4-2, despite not having the best player in the series not play two of the games, they were still only able to win one of those. Um, he missed two games or three games? He missed two. Two. Okay. You should have absolutely won both games without Luca on the floor, but they didn't. They only won one of them. And there's not much. He else may to have say missed three, it. bro. I he think it was have, three. He, he did miss three because Dallas was up 2 1 when he came back. 
And yeah. Utah won that game on that Rudy Gobert dunk. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So so you you lost two out of three where their best player was not playing. That's right, because Jalen Brunson went on this I'm gonna be Luca now thing and and right. just smoked Utah for two games. So they deserve everything that's happening to them. Donovan yep. Mitchell is gonna be a great Miami Heat player at some point. Rudy Gobert, uh, Rudy he, Gobert he, is he ain't Rudy your Gobert. type of guy, dude. Donovan Mitchell? That's exactly he ain't your guy. type of guy. No. Nah. Exactly our guy. He's getting slandered by that tall Frenchman for his terrible defense. That isn't a heat player. That's not true. He's getting slandered by that tall Frenchman by his lack of consistent effort on defense, which are different things, and that's what culture is about. We instill that effort and that want into your being if you go out I there see. and you want to play and you want to play defense on every possession. I see. So. He's he's going to be a Nick and win 39 games a year. Just Oh just god, for his own it. sake, man. For his own sake, I hope not. Because I really do like Donovan Mitchell. Re- regardless of whether or not he comes to Miami, like, I like Donovan Mitchell. I would not like to see his career get pissed away at the Garden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, they uh, had a Nick, a Nick executive at, uh, at game one in Dallas with Julius Randle absurd. sitting courtside. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that could be worse for basketball than Donovan Mitchell wasting away in the Garden is Dame wasting away in the Garden. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully yeah. neither of those things happen, but so yeah, Utah's done. Um, Utah's done. They're probably going to trade. You, we assume that they trade Gobert first, but if they've got suitors for Mitchell more so than Gobert, uh, it's entirely possible that they just trade Mitchell. And Mitchell's going to have to come out and make some sort of direct or indirect demand at a trade for this to happen because obviously that's who you want to keep over Gobert. Um, but I don't know. I mean, this this is the last time we will see this iteration of that team put together on the court. Uh, yeah. And I, for one, am not upset about it at all. So, yeah. I mean, Luka, I, I, playoff, I Luka. playoff Luka is amazing. Like Playoff Luka is averaging was, you want, like 32 and 8 or 29 no. and 8? No, 30, 34. 34. 34. 34. He leads the he leads uh, the playoffs in points per game already. Um, he actually, for his career, has averages the most points per game besides for Michael Jordan. Four points more than anyone else not named Michael Jordan in his playoff career. Uh, playoff playoff Luca is a real thing, like a real thing. Um, he's he's just incredible. He had what forty last night, and it wasn't really a close game, but he had forty. Yeah, and they still lost by seven, which is kind of. I think I think they were down by like twenty at the start of the fourth, so I don't know that that it was really even that close. But we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a moment. But yeah, I mean Dallas Dallas looked great. Um, that trade of Porzingis just sort of reignited their season. They're obviously their defense was awesome this year, uh, sort of surprisingly, and that that carried over into the playoffs. They've played awesome defense. They have all these ball handlers now. Uh, with Dinwiddie and and Brunson and Doncic, um, they get killed on the glass, which is why I think they had a little bit of trouble with Utah because uh, they don't really have anyone to match up with Gobert. Yeah, but um, Maxi Kleba, Maxi Kleba, that's about as as good as it gets. Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba, um, and we'll talk about their matchup with Aiton. Uh, obviously, a lot different animal than than Gobert. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dallas. Dallas looked awesome. They they, they really did. They looked awesome. And I, you know what? The, the league is better when the Mavericks are good. So I'm okay with it. 
Sure. The the league is better when Luca is being successful. So whatever yeah. team he happens to be on at the time. Um <laughs> I'll take that. So I was gonna say, remember you can only have twelve players at a time. We can't have all these guys be heat at any point in time. <laughs> uh but I can dream. So <laughs> All right, so we got Dallas uh, taking care of Utah. 3-6, the return of the Golden State Warriors to the postseason. They um, – it's in preseason. Teams were – or I mean, Vegas wasn't very high on them. Uh, 538 was so-so on them. I think I was higher on them than most of them. And you were definitely higher than I was, for sure. They definitely didn't let me down. Good old Steph. And Draymond and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, and then the return of Clay. Uh, the Warriors are looking as close to Dynasty Warriors as they probably can at this point, considering age and roster, but they're doing pretty good. So they went, uh, they had a 3 6 matchup against the defending and possibly back to back MVP in Nikola Jokic. And I mean, here's another one who's just. The story is just sad. Uh, I mean, we are seeing what is a generational talent putting up generational stat lines that we have not seen in the NBA before. And he's the sixth seed in the weaker conference going down in five. Did they steal a game or did they get swept? They might have stolen a game. Yeah, I, I thought they won once, but they may not have. And either way, four or five games. I mean, it's just... I'm going to be completely honest. Jamal Murray doesn't change this outcome. Like, everybody's saying, yo, yeah, but they didn't have Jamal Murray. They didn't have Michael Porter. Again, Michael Porter is a liability on defense. So, I'm I, scoring isn't really their issue. So, I don't see Michael Porter making a difference. And Jamal Murray definitely makes a difference, but not – Jamal Murray was not going to overcome the Warriors in this series with Nikola Jokic. So, like – that team's got some questions to answer. Like, where are we going? Uh, Porter got the extension, right? They gave him like a crazy. Yeah, uh, he got one sixty extension. Yeah, he got one sixty. I don't get that. I don't see how you pay somebody who doesn't play defense that much money, and also who's habitually injured. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is is like you replace it. It's like, this is anger towards big market. I mean, you're just not going to get a guy that can average 20 and 10 to come sign as a free agent in Denver. So if you have a I dude see that why can not. do that. Like, I don't, I can't, because you don't. You can't make Denver a small market. Dem- Denver may not be L.A. and Miami and New York. Listen, but we Denver is it. not OKC, tell me, Indianapolis. Right. Tell me, tell me the last time they got a free agent. Okay. But tell me the last time that they had somebody on that team worth playing with. Uh, Carmelo Anthony? Okay, that was what, ten to fifteen years ago? Yeah, and he asked out, and then they didn't have anyone until Jokic. That's that's kind of the point. <laughs> well, they haven't you had anybody get until Jokic because there was nobody. Nobody else was going to go to Denver in that time frame. Now with Jokic there, I mean, listen, Melo never won an MVP, so this no. this is technically a more uh, of an attractive player to go and want to team up with, um, and also considering that your flashy scorers are backcourt players who would pair up pretty well against a dominant frontcourt player who also happens to be exceptional at spreading the ball. Um, see, here's, here's I don't see thing. why I, you can't be in the Denver front office and be like, yeah, we're going to go land a free agent. 
you, it, I just, I don't, I don't see that being a reliable option for them. I, I, the best way to do it is to sign the guy you already have. That's, that's, Man, that's the reality that's a of dangerous game to play. Not. I get it. I get it. But that's, that's the way you build winners outside of the, the coastal markets. It just is. It just I mean, at that there's, point, there's I'd, rather even, I'd rather not give Florida that extension and see what you can sign and trade for, or just you but, know. But now you have now you have trade. a contract where you could get you know. There's another star that wants to come play with Jokic. Now you can flip Porter, you know. Like there's there's just yeah. There's that ways comes you down can move to it around. Porter being flippable. Uh, true. Very so, true. Because that's that that is. Like you have to, you you have to get on the court, and you do have to perform to a certain standard for another team to be like, yeah, I'll take that one seventy. See, here's the here's the interesting part of of the Nuggets situation, um, and you'll probably disagree with me based upon our our last uh, series conversation, but I think Jamal Murray is better than Donovan Mitchell. Like, I would take Jamal Murray ten out of ten times over Donovan Mitchell. I I don't have a big argument against that. I would want to call them a push. I think that their that their their face off in the bubble kind of would agree with the sentiment of being a push. Um, I guess yeah, if, if you want to make one marginally better than the other, I don't really have a problem with that. I, I happen to like Jamal Murray. Um, well, I what still, do you and even what if do you think Donovan Mitchell does with with Nikola Jokic? Oh, whatever I'm saying in this series, exactly what I said. Jamal Murray does he makes a difference, but he doesn't overcome them. Yeah, yeah, I. I I feel like you just, especially in a series where you just you're playing the same team over and over and over again. I feel like having another thing for the other team to worry about almost means as much as as them actually playing well. Like the Warriors having Jordan Poole for the Nuggets to have to worry about, or the Grizzlies to have to worry about, makes things so much more difficult. Even if Poole averages 13 points for the series, you still have to spend time game planning for him. And Jamal Murray is very similar. Like, obviously, he's a lot better than Jordan Poole. But if you have a secondary score like that to put with Jokic, now now we can score 120 and figure out how to how to you know defend you and, and make it worthwhile. Because yeah. honestly, last year before he got hurt, I would have picked the Nuggets to go to the finals. Like, I would have picked them over the Suns for sure. Their yeah, but that, is Aaron I mean, Gordon. yes, fine, yes. But the the league and the West looked different last year. Like it did. It had Kawhi. <laughs> it did have Kawhi, and it didn't have the Warriors. Right. Um, and who else did it not have that? Uh... I mean, the two big injuries this year were Kawhi and Jamal Murray. Those are the two biggest injuries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I think he makes a big difference. I really do. And I also don't think that they're the sixth seed if they have Jamal Murray. Similar to, I, to what we were I, talking about before. With with Chicago, yeah, I definitely agree with that. That if they do have Jamal Murray, they are not uh, 60 yeah. conversation type of stuff. Right. So, right. well, let's see what they have to do. They, they will be back. Jokic has already said that if a max extension is put in front of him, that he will absolutely sign it with Denver. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure that that gave the city of Denver a collective sigh of relief. Yeah. Um, so let's see how that goes. The Warriors, on the other hand, off to round two. Steph is Steph. Clay has had Clay moments. Draymond is still Draymond, playing defense and talking shit. Um, Jordan Poole, like you said, has been playing 
phenomenally good basketball. Um, the Mitten is a tremendous role player. For those who are unfamiliar with The Mitten, uh, Gary Payton II, the, the Glove Jr., The Mitten. Right. Um, I think he separated his elbow. He dislocated his elbow earlier tonight, actually. Which, yeah. That's going to suck for them, but dude plays hard, dude plays defense, dude flies and dunks the ball and has high-energy plays, which are invaluable in the playoffs for uh, environment. Get your home crowd going, get your team going. When he puts down one of those dunks, like it just it can change the momentum of a game. So if they did lose that for probably the rest of the playoffs, that would not be good for them. Right now, they are up 1-0 on Memphis, who we will talk about now in a second. But this uh, this is going to be an interesting series, too. So we'll talk about that now. So we got Warriors in to the second round, and we've got Dallas into the second round. So that leaves our top two uh, matchups in the West. The one-seed Phoenix Suns against the eight-seed play-in Pelicans and the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies against the seven-seed playing victors uh minnesota timberwolves so where do you want to start with those two uh let's do phoenix and new orleans because the 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 timberwolves and grizzlies were a little more interesting yes so uh new orleans came to play good for them did good for them that they didn't come out and embarrass themselves after getting in via the play-in tournament uh, which could have easily been considered a farce since they did have to beat the Clippers without Kawhi or PG. But they held their own, man. They they took the Suns to six games. They won a game in Phoenix, which is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, they did so without arguably the best player on their roster in Zion Williamson. He did not play a minute this season. They still nope. managed to make the postseason and win two games in the postseason, which is incredible. Uh, obviously, a lot has to do with the acquisition of C.J. McCollum uh, at the trade deadline. He kind of changed the attitude and the, I guess, offensive productivity of this team. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he kind of unlocked Brandon Ingram now towards the end and yeah. was able to facilitate more towards Ingram. Ingram was able to be more aggressive, get to the basket, uh, which then opened up his mid-range, which... For somebody so lanky and tall, he's got a great mid-range shot. Uh, and usually with those lanky guys, like like with KD, it's so weird for me that KD has like a good mid-range because when you're so lanky, like it's so easy to overshoot from that distance. Um, but Ingram just did really well. Uh, he was averaging 20-plus points in the playoff games. Like he was like 25. Well, he, had three, he had three straight 30-point games. Yeah. So, so I think his average was, yeah, like 25, 26, something like that. Um, so great for them. The Pelicans, honestly, nothing to hang their heads about. The, no. the Suns have been the most dominant team in the league all year long. No questions about it. So you hung with them. You gave you you, you gave them two L's. Yeah, you put them. You put a scare in them for sure. He did. They did. They were worried. And and that game six was no shoe in either. Like, that was a close game for a lot of it. So yeah. it took it took Chris Paul going all world fourteen for fourteen in game six from the field to, to really secure that for the Suns. So, oh, that was a big miss. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching the last minute of this Memphis Golden State game right now. It's crazy. It, it, is, uh, it has been interesting. Um, so, Phoenix does win the series. They won 4-2. Uh, 
Uh, Devin Booker, like we mentioned earlier, was hurt. He had a another hamstring. I'm going to call it an injury, but it's almost more like just uh, an ailment at this point. It, the initial reports were two to three weeks, and he missed two to three days. Yeah, it was uh, like two games. It, it was stupid. It was like literally less than a week and only two games before he came back. And despite being on a minute – I saw he was on a minute restriction, but that minute restriction kind of evaporated mid-game game six as they were trying to win the series. And he didn't really look like he needed a minute restriction. He was kind of uh, all over the place. I think he yeah. missed a shot towards the end uh, in, in crunch time. But, again, nothing like out of this world. Like They're going to be fine. They're, they should be okay in this next round. Uh, assuming he does not have another flare-up of that hamstring – Chris Paul stays healthy. Aiden stays healthy. Crowder stays healthy. Uh, Cam Johnson is important to what they do. But they seem poised to make another run at the finals. So they did dispatch of the eight seed New Orleans Pelicans in six games. And they're off now to the second round uh, against Dallas. So since we've already talked Dallas, let's, let's jump right into that second round series. Well, here, real, real quick before we move yeah. on, I'm just going to say the most important thing that happened for New Orleans during that entire series was I interviewed Zion a day after it ended and said, if an extension is presented to you, will you yes. sign it? And he said, absolutely. Correct. Because that was not a slam dunk uh, a month ago, honestly. But okay, I think but let's, seeing... Go ahead. So No, so let's have this conversation. Um, what does that extension look like if you're Pelicans management? Are you just automatically throwing him the max? I So... And, and you know, we both listen to the same stuff, so we have very similar information. I, I do think that the Joel Embiid uh, extension is very similar to what, like, the, the blueprint they're going to go for. Um, like an incentive-based deal? Not incentive – well, not really incentive-based, like, more I, like playtime-based. Playtime. Well, that's, I guess that – yes, that's incentive-based, but you're right. It's It's the easiest incentive to meet. It's just getting out there. Right, right. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be really high numbers. It doesn't have to be you have to play 95% of the games. It could just be you have to be available played, for 60% of the games. Yeah, you he's know, played like, like 85 in three years. So at this point, I'll he's take played 60%. one season. Yeah, he's played yeah. one season out of three. I'll um, take 60% as, as, a, as a marker. 100%. Because you add 27 and 7 to this team, and what are they? I mean, they're a top four seed probably. Probably. Like they mentioned that, and, and I kind of – I kind of scoffed at my radio when I heard that today, but then I stopped and I thought about it, and I was like, "No, yeah, they they might be. I mean, I Dallas, mean they, they're not. They can't be that much worse than Dallas, right? And Dallas, it took them the last month of the season to sneak up to four, right. so right because yeah, Utah kept blowing see. those twenty point leads. <laughs> that's that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. So, yeah, that's that that's going to be. I, uh, I mean, aside from Simmons. And aside from anybody else whose contract is up this offseason, but I can't think of any big stars, um, that's going to be kind of the storyline of the offseason. Yeah, I mean, the only other one is Ja. Because Ja is probably going to make – because they're obviously the same draft class. Uh, Ja is probably going to make All-NBA. So he's going to be eligible for the Supermax extension. But that's that's a shoe-in. Like, there's no conversation there. Yeah, like this. This is this is interesting because there's a conversation to be had, right? Right, of, right. Of you know, value versus playing time versus potential. Right. Um, well, I just, I mean, I unless you have a different opinion, I don't know how you do anything other than 
because you can negotiate, I guess, a little bit and say, hey, you guys haven't been available. But like, what number do you come in at? Are you really going to like Jaws going to sign for 210? And you're going to sign Zion for like 110? Like, the, man, I, if that's the if, but if that's the case, then you, you go ahead and you slide Jaws stat sheet over to Zion and his management. And then you slide his stat sheet over to them. And then you write the numbers on them as to why these are the numbers that he's getting and this is what you're getting. And I, mean, I, I a logical person agrees with you, but <laughs> if it's well, if it's not your money and you say, Okay, I'm signing the qualifying offer and then next year I'm not a restricted free agent, so I can go play with the Knicks, what do you say? <sighs> you you trade him. You'd almost have to. Well, you you absolutely have to, but yeah, I'm not. I'm if I'm David Griffin, and that is the road this looks like this is heading down to. I'm salivating because you're gonna get a haul, and there's still no guarantee that that's the wrong choice to make. The for all we know, this dude really is made of glass. He's played yeah. one season in three years. Well, so, he's 290 pounds, right? That's what like, I'm saying. Like we knew. Okay. We anticipated this being an issue when he came into the league. I did not think it would be an issue so soon and for so many games that he just – that there's something wrong with him always. But I I'm, I would not blame them for trading him, getting everything that they can for him, uh, and, and then going – because if this is what you're building from, if you're building from McCollum and Ingram and the rest of the squad up, and you add whatever haul of existing players you can get, plus probably high value draft picks coming up. I mean, let's 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 give it a shot. Let's see. It, it's the dude's made of glass, and on top of that, you got to pay a hundred, a hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollars for glass. Shit, man, that's uh, that could be a organizational kind of tornado, like a like a really like a fork in the road, where one way it's sunshine rainbows and flowers and the other way it's fucking doom and gloom and and you could very easily be on the doom and gloom side of that for so, sure i don't know i'm it i don't is think interesting. I'm, i don't think i'm throwing i don't think i don't think i would throw the max at him right away i would absolutely start my negotiations well below the max and see where i can get him to bite and if i'm not happy with the number he's biting at then Play hardball, man. Like, you do have the leverage at that point. What's he going to do? Not play? Okay, welcome to last year. Yeah. Well, and, and I I think the only the only, the only only bullet that Zion has is the qualifying offer. Now, and, and I'm sure I'm not telling you something you didn't already know, no player has ever turned down a max extension from their rookie contract. No. So he would be the first ever to turn down that contract if, if but he, he would offered. Because I mean, if he gets the max, he's gonna say yes. The, the The concern is them not is them lowballing him on a max, like not giving him a max. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting because he made All NBA last year, didn't he? So he's actually eligible for the super max too. He did. He made all. He made thirteen last year. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, wow, it's... I had not even really considered that. That that makes him eligible for a super max. It does. Fuck. It does. Imagine giving him fifty million more than Jason Tatum got. <laughs> Yo, no, like, there's something wrong with that. That I don't, man. But if he plays, he's incredible. So he is? that's 
that's where this really like fuck I am not envious of David Griffin and the decision that he's going to be making no so let's no. see so Phoenix advances New Orleans moves on to a uh, a franchise deciding off season so let's see what happens there and then that brings us to our last first round series uh two seated Memphis Grizzlies the darling surprise team of the NBA this year uh, and who did they be? Oh, and the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I wanted Minnesota to go to the finals just so that the Heat and Jimmy Butler can finish obliterating both physically and mentally everybody on that team, including Cat. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but um, that would have been fun. The Timberwolves had double-digit leads in every single game of the series, it seems, and they blew it every single time. And every single time, it was after somebody on the team opened their fucking mouth. Whether yeah. it was, Cat, well, we're in Minnesota now, and, well, you just lost a 20-point lead. Or Cat shushing the crowd after they went up big, and you lost another 20-point lead. Um, so Minnesota Pepe kind of doing the too small to John Moran and then Josh scoring the final 13 points. It's, they did everything in their absolute power to fuck this up, and they did it. Yeah. Um, so that's that so here's the Minnesota Timberwolves right there. I mean, here's here's my most interesting part of this series, and I said this talent, to somebody. No poise. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that, but I thought what was really interesting is you could see the team switch from Carl Anthony Towns' team to Anthony Edwards' team right through the screen. You didn't even have to be in the arena. You could see that that is twenty year old Anthony Edwards' team now. Uh, yeah, Towns. I, I would argue that that was already the case heading into the postseason. I think that the crowd was – I think the crowd is your first indicator of that because from game one, the crowd absolutely goes insane and loves Edwards. And while they do like Cat, I'm not saying that the home crowd doesn't enjoy Cat. I don't know. I, I have, I've felt it even before the playoffs started in watching Minnesota games that – Specifically, like I watched a game that they beat the Heat in, and they they just love Anthony Edwards there so much, and the team does too. But it starts with the fans because yeah. that's where the noise level comes from. That's where your buy-in comes from. If the excitement is there from them, then you're more likely to get buy-in and excitement from the teammates. Paired with obviously what he does on the court, which is fucking tremendous. Um, it just so it was. It, it's not to say that it started because you're probably right. It probably happened long before, but I think it was just more. But you obvious. can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can absolutely it was more obvious happening. to the casual fan. Like I didn't watch any Timberwolves games this year, but you 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 watch any highlights or anything, and you see Cat doing nonsensical stuff, and all you see Edwards doing is is dunking on people, and yeah. and trying to you know will his team to wins. Had no business even being in a lot of those games, and they were up big. Um, I mean, even the game that that. Carl Anthony Towns had like four shots. Um, I think Ant was their their leading scorer in almost every single game. So, yeah, I think that um, was the biggest development. That's a hell of a two man game, though, man. Cat okay, and, well, so that's, uh, my, that's my, man. So, are you sticking to Cat, or are you looking to are you looking to cash in those chips and continue to build around Edwards? No, and... no, no, no. I mean, who are you going to get that's better than Carl Anthony Towns? You don't necessarily need somebody better than Carl Anthony Towns if you can get something that fits your team. 
better than Christ. Like, okay, so if you can, if you can get somebody who can give you seventy percent of Towns at that position, but at the same time bring in, uh, you know, another four or, I guess you don't really need a point guard if you got Russell. But I'm just you can you can turn Towns into a two for one, where it may end up helping the team in the long run. Obviously, individual talent is still going to be to cap, but. I don't know if something presents itself again. I don't have any examples, but are you sold on just going with Cat? I because mean, he just seems like I don't know. Maybe I just have this Jimmy Butler mentality of him, but he just seems like the weakest link, and he seems like the one that gets emotionally caught up in bullshit and ends up talking crap, and then he'd be the first one to probably end up crying and shit. So like, I don't know. I I'm not sold on. I'm sold on him as a basketball player. Like, I get he can play basketball. I don't know if I would want him to be one of the centerpieces of my team as we try to, you know, go through this tournament and win. And, and I agree, although I will say that it's, it's much different. If, if you're thinking of, an, of a, a, a high-level NBA team, you have the guy, and then your number two guy has far less responsibility than the guy. Uh, like the Grizzlies are a great example. They, their number two sort of switches from game to game, but you know who their guy is. And they, they really, I mean, I know they had a good record without Ja during the regular season, but their guy is Ja. I think what, what the playoffs told us about the Timberwolves is their guy is Edwards. And if all you're looking for from Cat is not being that emotional leader, not being the centerpiece of your team, but just being there to support, then he becomes like Anthony Davis where Anthony Davis couldn't do shit when he was the number one in New Orleans, but as a number two next to LeBron, now he could do stuff. I think that's a really similar role that Cat could find with someone like Edwards with that personality that he has. Just without having to change teams like AD. Exactly, exactly. Because you're not going to be able to find an individual talent like Cat. And, And besides for, like, the Carmelo trade to the Knicks, rarely does the team that trades the star get the better end of the deal. Like, rarely. Mm-hmm. Normally, you're changing. You know, you're trading them for for four quarters on a dollar. Uh, you know, two of the four don't work out, and and you're left with, you know, scraps. Whereas the other team has, you know, an All NBA possibly player. Um, it, yeah. In in this day and age, like we we're talking about, you want two stars and you want depth. They have two stars. They're just extremely young. So if you can just grow with those two stars and keep the depth around them, I think that's probably your best bet. Yeah, that is probably the best the best move. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there and see what your thoughts were on that. Because, yeah, I'm just uh... – No, emotionally, he's a wreck. He is. And, and I don't know how much of that I put on just he did not have a very difficult life or how much I put on his mom passing away with the COVID. Or how I mean, much he was like this from before. So like no, I, you, I, he I was. He was. That's why. And, I said I, the other and I'm first. sure that that. And I'm sure that that. Like I'm never gonna downplay losing your mom. So like I'm sure that that changed him as a human being. But, um, it's not like he was a killer before that. No, 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 a- absolutely. And that's why I said the other thing first because the Jimmy Butler stuff happened before anything with COVID. So yep. you know clearly this was an issue beforehand. But you just you wonder if as he gets older, you know, a lot of times people will grow out of that type of mindset you wonder if maybe he's been stunted a little bit because of other life things that have happened since then because i think he's lost something like six family members or something like that to covid it was some crazy number where just you feel terrible for the man 
And the fact that he can even perform it at any sort of level close to what he does is, is kind of amazing. So I tend to cut him a little more slack because of that. Plus he's just, he's really talented. <laughs> he's a really good player. He needs to slow down on calling himself the best shooting big man of all time. We need to we need to pump the brakes there. But well, uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, go say that to Dirk Nowitzki's face, and then we'll talk. Right, uh, right. Dirk, Dirk in particular. Yeah. yeah, this guy definitely. So let's let's talk about um this series. So we saw Memphis beat them. Ja had his playoff coming out party um, again. Were you talking about the Timberwolves? Yeah, uh, well, no, I'm talking about... Or we ended uh, tonight. Well, in the Memphis series, I mean, in the in the Timberwolves series, Ja had oh. Oh, his coming yeah. out party in the playoffs, and, yeah, that and dunk it has was, continued. That dunk God, was very shattering. And it has, and it continues. It, um, it continues. Ja Morant joins LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Kobe Bryant, I'm sorry, as the only players with multiple 45-point playoff... Um, performances i believe they're wins but it could just be performance before the age of 23 so that is quite some company to hold um kobe and lebron this kid is incredible this kid went to what wichita state or some shit like that uh murray state murray state just shows that the recruiting system in this country is fucking broken um well college basketball in general is a joke yes absolutely uh he went on that on that magical run in the tournament it got him to the number two draft pick, and it's been all downhill from there. I mean, well, uphill technically, but downhill in terms of picking up speed. Dude is amazing. He, he is. is. And he still almost won. I mean, so they just won game two by a couple points over the Warriors. Five points, yep. Yeah, and, and I mean, they lost game one on what was very easily a makeable layup that he just happened to miss, which I'm sure eight times out of ten he makes. Um so this could very easily be 2-0 Memphis. It is 1-1 Golden State heading back to San Francisco. I'm sorry, it's 1-1 between them heading back to San Francisco for game three on, I believe it's Saturday now. Um, so, or no, Thursday, no. No, it's weird. You know, that uh, we play our games two, our game two tomorrow, and then we play our game three on Friday, but there is no Thursday games. So that means that tonight's game twos, their game threes aren't until after our game threes. So that's a long break for these West Coast. Well, not these West Coast teams, but for the, the four teams that played tonight. They won't be playing again until the weekend. Yeah, until uh, Saturday. But, yeah, until Saturday. So time for them to, to get some rest, see what happens with, with the mitten and uh, that elbow, which they keep showing the replay of, and it's just nasty. Um, and, and so let's see. So I will take some predictions. Let's start with, the Phoenix Dallas series that is one uh, zero Phoenix currently. Uh, it's Alex, really hard to pick against um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker right now. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say playoff Luca because he's probably the best individual player in the series, and you know how I like to go with that. Yep. Um, but the Suns probably have the next four best players. I mean, I don't know that anyone on the on the Mavs is better than DeAndre Ayton, let alone Mikel Bridges or Booker or Chris Paul. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you got to go with Phoenix. Honestly, I'd say Phoenix in six. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you there. Phoenix in six um, for mostly the same reasons. Luke, playoff Luca is a different monster, but he is at the end of the day still one of five. So right. I mean, if he's really gonna score forty, and they're still gonna blow him out. What's the What's the point? Right? Exactly. Like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, so there's that. 
And then, uh, so this series, 1-1, headed back to the Bay, Memphis and Golden State. I am, um, I'm going to go with Golden State in seven games uh, for mostly the same reason that Ja is amazing, but Ja is one of five. Ja had 47 points tonight, and the next leading scorer on his team had 14. That is, a great performance, but that is not something sustainable. You cannot win multiple games in the playoffs or in playoff series playing one on five. Or, I mean, at minimum, it's one on four with Poole and the Splash Brothers in green. Um, so I'm going to go with Golden State in seven. How about you? Uh only because there's no repercussions for doing this. I'm going to say Memphis in seven. Mm. I was um, tempted because I really like Ja, but yeah, it, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's essentially the same argument for 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 Luca not advancing. I yeah, I guess. Although I I think that Memphis has two or three players that you could put ahead of current Clay, current Draymond, and current Jordan Poole. Two or three uh, players. Okay, I'm assuming you're talking about Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. Yeah, and maybe Dylan Brooks. And maybe Dylan Brooks. I he, mean, he Desmond... got hurt tonight. He got hurt tonight. Oh, when, uh, yeah, he only played three minutes just like Gary Payton Jr. did. Um, so, yeah, that that could hurt. Um, Desmond Dylan Bain Brooks is a monster. Desmond Bain is, is awesome. Desmond Bain is really good. He only had five points tonight, and they won. Uh, Dylan Brooks averaged 18 points a game this year. Like he's no slouch either. I mean, he's no. he's at least you know Jordan Poole, I would say. Um, so that's that's sort of my my thought. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. on a good night is better than anyone not named Steph Curry on the Warriors. Definitely um, offensively. Yeah. Well, and I mean, well, not necessarily defensively, but I think he's as good defensively as Draymond on most nights. Draymond has a higher peak. That's a big statement. It is. It is. He's really good on defense. He fouls too much. But other than that, he's really good on defense. He really is. And he just, I mean, I don't know. He's he's not the passer, obviously, Draymond is. So, overall, maybe Draymond's got him in a couple different places. But Mm -hmm. Draymond's also a a triple single guy for his career. Like, (laughs) you got to be careful with him. He's a weird... He's a weird comparison because you He's know, a weird you know what he brings. Yeah. He is because you know what he brings to the to the court. You know, I'm not trying to, to downgrade him. Clearly, no, no, but you're right. It's what, you you know what he brings, but it's not it's not calculable like in numbers and on paper. Right. You kind of right. just have I mean, to see. You kind of have to see it happen. He got he. <laughs> let's let's go over Draymond's stats real quick. He was three for five in 32 minutes with 10 rebounds, seven assists, four turnovers, five fouls. Six total points and a negative ten. I mean, eh. <laughs> I mean, I he got it. elbowed in the face and needed stitches. He double birded the uh, the Memphis crowd, which is going to cost him some money. Like that's uh, that's quite the the evenings. Um, <laughs> the evening work of work, for sir. Yeah, six points. <laughs> so. Six points and five fouls. I get it. Six get points, it. five fouls, four turnovers. Like, okay. Interesting. Yeah, whatever. Let's see. Well, this is going to be uh, a very exciting series in this round. And it is. I think it's going to be better than 
I think it'll be more entertaining than than the other matchup in the West. I think Phoenix is is going to be pretty comfortable in that. I do think that just watching playoff Luca will be fun, but yeah, I think this series sure. as a whole from both sides of the ball will be, and and from both teams involved will be a, a very exciting matchup. So, to yeah. recap. We've got uh, unanimous picks in the Eastern Conference, right? As we both picked Miami, and we both. Oh no, wait! Did you you picked uh, you picked Milwaukee, and I picked Boston. So that's true. See. And in the West, we are both on Phoenix, and I am with the Warriors, and you are with the Grizzlies for this round. So let's see how that goes. Uh, well, my friend, it has been ninety minutes of jam-packed playoff basketball. I love it. <laughs> I missed it. I'm glad we did it. And we will be doing another episode, hopefully, as this round concludes sometime mid to late next week as we prep for conference finals and a much clearer picture of who will be playing for the Larry O'Brien trophy in a couple weeks after that. So let's see. Let's get it. Uh, Anything else, sir? Anything else you want to throw in before we uh, before we call it a night? No man, it's been fun. I'm I'm glad we got back into it. It was uh it was long, but it was it was a lot of fun. Same Z's, same Z's. All right, everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for hanging with us for these ninety minutes. Hopefully, it was enjoyable, and uh, you'll be coming back for some more content. Please follow us on Instagram at Three Major Sports. Uh, interact with us. Send us messages. Like our pictures. Like our videos. Answer our poll questions when they come up. We have poll questions on Spotify whenever. We release on there. Um, follow us and rate us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, suggest it to your friends. Send it to them. Share it. Post it onto your Instagram feeds. Uh, whatever you can do for us. We are looking for as much exposure as possible so that we can share this good time that we have with as many people as possible. So thank you all for joining. This has been episode 27 at one year plus of three major sports. Sir, it has been a pleasure. Take it easy. Thank you. Alrighty. Take care, buddy. Later, man. Bye-bye.